Welcome to the Human Experience Podcast, the only podcast designed to fuse your left and right brain hemispheres and feed it the most entertaining and mentally engaging topics on the planet. As we approach our ascent, please make sure your frontal, temporal and occipital lobes are in their full upright position. As you take your seat of consciousness, relax your senses and allow us to take you on a journey. We are the Intimate Strangers. Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Thank you so much for your presence this evening. We've got an incredible show planned for you guys tonight. We are multicasting. If you are looking for everywhere we are live, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, if you want to support the show, help us out. Just go to allmylinks.com slash thehumanxp. But by far, the biggest compliment that you can give us is by spreading the word about this show. Word of mouth is how we grow. But if you have not heard the show before, you're in for a treat. Tonight, we are going to be demystifying the notions of coincidence. We are going to be looking at the way synchronicities work and why they happen. We're going to be looking at the roles these events seem to play in our lives. So whether you are here with us live or listening to a replay or the podcast version of this, thank you so much for your presence tonight. Much love to our loyal fans out there. We appreciate you so very much. Nevertheless, sit back, grab a drink, and enjoy this conversation. The Human Experience is in session. My name is Xavier Katana. My guest for tonight is Dr. Bernard Beitman. Dr. Beitman is a psychiatrist, author, and researcher. He is widely regarded as the first psychiatrist since Carl Jung to systemize the study of coincidences and add scientific rigor to the term synchronicity. He developed the first valid scale to measure coincidence sensitivity. Dr. Bernard has written several books, one of which received two national awards. He's internationally known for his research in panic disorder. He attended Yale Medical School and completed his residency at the University of Stanford. Dr. Bernard, it's such a pleasure to have you on the program, sir. Welcome to HXP. Thank you very much, Xavier. Thank you very much. So, Dr. Bernard, I mean, I love this book. You know, I've heard so much about synchronicity, especially in the last you know, several years or so, I think this has become more of a meme, you know, as it were. But I know the term comes from Carl Jung. Carl Jung termed this phrase. So if you would, you know, if you would just give us a little bit of a background of how you got into this work, because you're a psychiatrist, you're a practicing psychiatrist, and and also the definition of synchronicity for any anyone that doesn't know what that means, please. It's an important question. Um, what do we mean by uh, several of the terms? Uh, first of all, we can start with uh, the word coincidence. What do we mean by the word coincidence becomes our first question. Uh, 
Uh, and what we're studying uh, and is meaningful coincidences, ones that somehow seem to have some meaning to the purpose to the person who is experiencing them. The there's three, two other words, or really three other words to pay attention to: uh, synchronicity, serendipity, and a lesser-known word called seriality. Um, and we'll go. I'll, I'll go through all of those because I, I'm glad you start with how we define these because that's where we should start. Sure. Um, a, a coincidence by itself, a remarkable concurrence of events without apparent causal connection. In other words, there might be a cause, but it is not apparent. And that's, that's a kind of a teasing definition of the word. Um, there, there are other ways people use the term. Um, sometimes they, they, add, uh, they add adjectives that make a difference uh, in the way the person thinks about it. But the adjectives can be coincidental, mere, only, pure, true, and just. And these suggest that the coincidence should be disregarded. Remember, the dictionary definition says we don't know what the cause is, no apparent cause, implying that there might be. And I have been drawn by wondering, well, what might have made them happen? Hmm. And for those that we want to pay attention to and suggest there might be something to them, we call them meaningful, remarkable, and amazing. And those adjectives draw our attention to them. From the, from the word coincidence comes some, some funny phrases. Um, there are no coincidences, say some people. Sure. And what does that mean? I mean, it's a kind of a, a, a tantalizing phrase that's almost as ambiguous as the definition I read about whether there's a cause or not. When you say there are no coincidences, you may mean one, you may mean that you know the cause. Again, remember the definition said no apparent cause. So now you know the cause because you can say there are no coincidences. When you, once you know the cause, there are no coincidences. And what are the two major beliefs about cause of coincidence, Xavier? Well, one is God. Hmm. And that's the most popular one because a lot of people like to say, quote Einstein, but I'm not sure that was uh, who started it. Um, coincidences are God's way of remaining anonymous. <laughs> I love oh. that. When you, when you, when you um, look at that phrase, coincidences are God's way of remaining anonymous. God is no longer anonymous. Hmm. Right. And, I mean, you could even say that God speaks in synchronicity, right? Um, people say that. People say that. that God is speaking to you through coincidences. The Bible, um, both the Old Testament and the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament, have lots of coincidences in them. And so do the world's major religions have lots of coincidences in them. They are part of religious lore. Um, so... God is often invoked as having something to do with making them happen. If you believe in God, 
God is the final cause, and there is no argument about the cause because God, in the way this way of thinking, is the final cause. I, and that may be. I think there are lots of questions for us to answer about mm. the nature of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are like, <laughs> why are we here? <laughs> yeah. what, what are, what's going on around here? For sure. Um, how did we get here? Um, what is my purpose in life? <laughs> right. Why are human beings around here? Well, coincidences give us clues to all of those. But once you say God does it all, it stops there. But I am interested in the variables that get to that final cause, if that's where it is. Because there are many variables that influence what, what is, I call coincidentiality. That is, the predisposition to experience coincidences. But let's go back to the original question of like, what do we mean by these terms, mm-hmm. uh, meaningful coincidence and the other, the other words that I, I bring in? And there are four words that coincidentally <laughs> all, be- <laughs> Thank you. all begin with an S and end in an I-T-Y. Four key words revolving around meaningful coincidences, all beginning with an S and ending with an I-T-Y. The first one is synchronicity. Right. The second is serendipity. The third is seriality. That's from Paul Kammerer in 1919. Okay. And the fourth is a, is a, a word I made up called simulpathity. Ah, okay. And the word simulpathity is uh, based on the experience of many people. Uh, it happened to me once, and that's got me started in, in this, or really going in coincidences. Simopathy refers to the experience of the pain of a loved one at a distance. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I'll get. Go ahead. So someone, so someone that you love or care about is going through some sort of emotional trauma, and you, for some unknown reason, you feel it. You pick up on it. It's like. Your your antenna is ringing, and and you you call you reach out to them and you confirm that there right. there is in fact something going on. Right, right, and you can feel it in lots of different ways. In your body is mostly where simulpathy comes, but you can also feel it uh, in your mind. Um, you may be experiencing, as I did the pain of the loved one that the loved one is experiencing. What happened to me was that I was standing over a sink in San Francisco uh, on Hayes Street in the Fillmore District, if you know San Francisco, (laughs) in an old Victorian at the kitchen sink, and I was choking uncontrollably. And it was 11 p.m. on February 26th, 1972. Oh, no. And... And uh, 1971, and I couldn't stop. Something was in my throat. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. Um, I, I co-wrote a song about this um, called um, uh, "Carl was choking on his was choking on his own blood" is the title, which is what happened because my father, three thousand miles away at two a.m. in Wilmington, Delaware, was choking on his own blood and dying. Oh my God. That's the kind of thing that gets one's attention. Yeah. 
uh, my brother called me the next day and told me and and um, it turned out the next day was February 27th which also happened to be my birthday wow that's a it's a it's a sort of thing that uh, you want to look into if you're curious like I was and it stayed with me all these years and was one of the drivers for writing the book connecting with coincidence it's it's uh, it's one of the drivers that keeps me interested in all this trying to understand how these things happen yeah i mean i think it's i think it's a great line of you know questioning and and thought and my condolences you know but you. it it woke you up to this this notion that things are connected people are connected perhaps everything is connected perhaps you know, God, and I refer to God as a sort of intelligence. I don't view God as this person in the sky that's judging, you know, what we're doing. It's more of, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's more of the moment here now, the space between me and you, you, you know, and me speaking right now, God is everything, right? So when we, when we sort of open our eyes to, the reality in front of us, it's almost like a feedback loop of information that you can use, as you said, to gain clues about your life, about which choices to make, about which directions to go. And it's amazing how those kind of play out. And, you know, it's it's really mysterious. And that's that's why I think it's so amazing that you've written this book and sort of followed in the path of Carl Jung. I don't think anyone else has has taken this path. So I'm really glad that you, you know, have done this, but tell us more. Um, you know, so when you know, you talk let's move into love. You talk you talk about love. It's it's the first chapter in your book, right? Romance. Let's say that you encounter someone that you feel a mysterious connection to. You're just magnetically pulled towards this person. You don't know why. You don't know why. And, you know, in the book, you have several different examples. I think, I think there's one, I mean, please forgive me if I butcher this, but I think in, in one of the examples, there's a guy, he doesn't know why, and he just goes up to this woman and he says, I think I might know you, please give me your number. She does, and they end up, you know, falling in, in love. How does it work? I mean, why, why do we feel connected to certain people? Why do we feel this magnetic resonance to people um maybe you know uh the the uh, musical uh, old musical south pacific um no you don't well there's a song in there that goes some enchanted evening you will see a stranger you will see a stranger across a crowded room and somehow you'll know you'll know even then that's the kind of thing that happens with people uh why it happens is uh, is becomes a mystery in itself that you recognize it becomes what's so important that there is someone there that you need to be with uh, what, the story you might have been talking about was a a woman uh, a man was in the airport and saw a woman walking by him and uh somehow he asked her just like that just like the song and uh, they stayed married for 20 years but they didn't stay married forever they were in their lives together helped each other a lot and that was that hmm. there 
that they they each went on their separate ways and this this challenges the notion of like uh, we're meant to be uh, that and we're meant to be means forever forever is a long long time and and people hold on to what happened uh, as something that means they have to keep going. And it really isn't the case anymore, particularly as people live longer. But why it happens, how they're brought together. I mean, I love the story of, some, of, um, of, of a guy um, riding around on his motorcycle in a, in a, in a Caribbean island. Uh, he was bored with all the jobs he was doing in a hotel where a lot of women liked him but uh, he didn't like them and he just went for a motorcycle ride and there on the beach was a woman all by herself and he rode up to her and blah 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 you know that's how it happened hmm. i don't know the mechanics of it and people talk about past lives and stuff um i i i think it's a worthy of a scientific experiment because first we have to establish that this happens and the song i sang and all the stories suggest, yes, it definitely happens. And the problem is, what do we do with it once it happens? Right, right. And I've had stories of people just relying on the coincidences between them to keep them together. Mm. But that ain't going to work, baby. That <laughs> ain't going to be the way it's going to happen. Right. you got to then do if any of our listeners are married, you know, it's work. It's work. It's work. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta learn something called tolerance of each other, and you gotta learn something like when she says or he says, uh, "We gotta talk, honey." You can't run away. Right. You've, you've gotta talk things out. And these people I'm talking about lasted for uh, 10 years, maybe, which is pretty good. But they never bothered to do the things I just mentioned. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing. I think I think that's really important. I think you nailed it. Uh, you know, these coincidences, these synchronicities can bring us, attract these specific people into our lives. And perhaps they create this environment in which these connections happen but, you know, at the end of the day, there's this old Buddhist, you know, quote, before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry wood water. Carry Same water. exact thing when you, you know, it's not like this magical journey that happens when you, when you find, you know, say, you know, it's your soulmate or the love of your life. You're going to have to do that work, chop wood and carry water, perhaps even together, you know, maybe one, <laughs> maybe one of you chop wood, maybe the other one carries water, you know, but that's going to have to happen either way, right? So, you know, something else that you mentioned in the book is that sometimes the, these types of coincidences line up and these people enter your life to, for a specific purpose and then they exit your life. Right. Why does that take place? Well, when you ask why, why do birds sing so sweet and lovers await the break of day? I mean, why do people fall in love? Yeah. Why, we don't know why. Why okay. is one of those, why is the sky blue questions? Right. Why is a tough one? But I think it's an important question and I want to try to answer it because it has to do with why are we here? Xavier, why are you here? What is your purpose on being in this planet, on this planet? What mm. is my purpose? Mine is, I got it now. I got to establish coincidence studies. So I'm really glad that you 
invited me to be on the show because that's my job. Right. I've got to get coincidence studies going in a way that brings people together to try to understand this, this stuff, these synchronicities, these serendipities, try to be able to figure out how they work and how you can use them. That's my job. Your job includes what you're doing now with, your, with this, this show. I so much appreciate being on it mm. and hearing your questions. When you ask why are people brought into your lives, I have a radio show myself called Connecting with Coincidence. And this morning when I was interviewing someone, it happened again that she teaches me things about myself. She teaches me things about how the world works. And she made it clear to me today, for example, that anger, if you get angry, look at the possibility there has been a boundary violation in you with by the other person. And think of intuition as something that's there to help you. And these were clarifications to me that I could use at this time. And this happens to me with people on the radio show. It happens with some of my patients hmm. where they teach me things that I need to know at this time. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm a little bit of a, little bit of a weirdo in a lot of ways, but, um, Maybe I'm not so weird, and that's what I want to hear from you, is that I think there's, there is this earth university, hmm. that we, we are here to learn about this reality and our place in it. So when people come into our lives, my view is they're here to help you learn, become more spiritually and psychologically developed. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that you asked, you know, you put that question forward to me because, you know, I I really do sit with the material, you know, when when a guest comes on to the show, I really do my best to absorb as much of it as I can. I, I sit and I'll cycle sort of questions in my mind. And, you know, you're, while I was reading your book, this idea came into my head and I thought about this before, but it was so clear in this moment, you know, in this meditation that I was doing, it was so clear the way I saw it. It was that, you know, perhaps we're in a computer. Perhaps this is a simulation. You know, perhaps these are different programs that are running. And perhaps, you know, this tunnel of light that we see, it, perhaps that's just exiting the so-called matrix. I mean, you even use that word, the matrix. Uh, you could you could say matrix is, uh, you know, matrix is connecting different events together. But, you know, I, I, I agree. I think we are. This is a place that we come to learn to experience the human experience. And, and I think, you know, some people enter our lives for sure for, to teach us different things so that we can learn, so that we can grow, so that we can evolve. You get into, in the book, you get into, um, you know. I, 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 well, let me, let me okay. pause there for okay. a second because okay. I, I am hoping and anticipating and believing and seeing that our conversation is going to help each other in this psychological and spiritual development. And one of the ways I just heard that happening is you talking about the simulation. And one, mm. one because there are different words for it. I use the term psychosphere, our mental atmosphere, which we can come back to. It's a, it's a very dynamic thing. Mm. But that the coincidences are clues to how that that simulation works. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
they're clues to how the simulation works because there is something going on and we don't know what it is do you mr jones we don't know what it is and i am curious and you are curious and our listeners are curious we want to know what's happening and one way to think about that there is a simulation or there is a psychosphere, our mental atmosphere, and these coincidences are hints about how the things work. Okay. I mean, there's there's so many different things that I want to ask you right now, but let me try. I'll do my best to sort of synthesize, uh, you know, and and wrap that up as much as I can. Okay. So so in the book, you talk about um, generating. Uh, these synchronicities or coincidences do you think that and you mentioned that um if you if you alter your pattern of doing things like let's say you're you're on a schedule you know nine to five sort of schedule where you do everything the same way every single day there was there was a project that i was involved with for a short time where we were using a quantum number generator to 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 assign geolocation data to certain points to to exhibit exactly that to create exactly that event to bring you out of your everyday sort of you know operation so why why do you think that is do you think you're well, run, run that by me again because okay. i didn't quite follow it because I, okay. I, I i love the this is such an important question you're asking and if you've got a computer model to model this i think that's really groovy okay okay so um have you heard of uh, the global consciousness project dr yes. roger nelson okay perfect yeah. we've had him on the yeah. show he he basically runs this quantum computer and it, it basically just spits out numbers, you know, just yeah. random numbers. And it got me a quote unquote random. And so some friends and I, we coded this sort of bot, this this robot that was that would connect, you know, it would pull a string from that quantum number generator and then a- apply that to a latitude and longitude on Google Maps, right? And we were we were trying to experiment with this, but for me it was it was actually sort of an exercise in psychosis because it it makes you feel like, you know, every how can we determine what is meaningful and what isn't? You know, how can we determine how can we say like if we think everything has meaning, then where is the line? Where is the bl- I mean, there's some blur there, right? I mean, do you, does that make sense? Well, yes, uh, I have been I've been able to try to tease apart the meaning of the word meaning in meaningful coincidence. It's very important because the term meaning uh, and meaningful is is crucial to the way Jung thought about how coincidences are created. But I never saw how he defined meaning because it has so many different meanings. I mean, it's fun to do that. There's an old book from the 1920s called The Meaning of Meaning that is still in press. Mm -hmm. So what do we mean by meaning becomes an important question. We can go down that, but I'd like to be able to to talk about your question about being um, in a basic pattern in your life and – uh, and somehow doing something to that pattern increases coincidences. Now, this is a correlation I've been able to make by reading a lot of stories. And the correlation works something like this. 
um, tear the web of quotidian reality and coincidences fly in. Okay. Tear the web of, co- of quotidian, of regular reality, and coincidences fly in. That's an image that I'd have our listeners and you pay attention to. It opens up some doors. Um, and the, par- the, the correlates of tearing that web of quotidian reality include need, life stress, life change, and high emotion. Need, life stress, and high emotion. Mm -hmm. And and many, if not most, of the coincidences that are have impact, and that's one of the definitions of meaningful, is its impact. And some Jungians define synchronicity only or call something a meaningful coincidence synchronicity only when it has an effect on the person's individuation on that person's growth towards Mm. psychological and spiritual development that's a very narrow definition but some unions stink stick right to it Mm -hmm. uh, because it's such an important part of what synchronicities do for people right i mean that makes a lot of sense because i mean let's say you know you find something like a like a battery or something, you know, every day, you know, but, but you can't figure out, you know, what that battery means or, or something, you know, or maybe there's, there's someone that keeps dropping a battery, you know, that's following you around or, or something. I don't know, but has that happened to you? No, no, definitely not. But well, I'm just, I had somebody who was talking about spirals following her around. Okay. So, so one thing that I can for sure say that happens to me all the time is, you know, I will see certain numbers, uh, you know, in a pattern like three, 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 or eleven, eleven. I think this has become a phenomenon where you know people they see this and they have started to ascribe meaning to this eleven, eleven sort of. It's become a meme, and you know, for me, this is amazing, Doctor Bernard. Like, I, without you know exaggeration, I really, truly mean this. Uh, every time there is some sort of turbulent event in my life. Before that happens, before that occurs, I will see the number six six six. Just every time, I have no, I have no predilection towards the number six six six. Like I'm not enemies with the number six six six. I get, you know, I get the idea, you know, of all the spatial dimensions. I've studied the Kabbalah. I get it. So, you know, I, I'm not. There's no, there's no number racism happening with me in the number six six six. But when I see that number. And there, something will go down, you know? So I'm wondering, you know, what you think, you know, about this. And sometimes with other numbers, I've started to, I've started to, you know, for a long time, before I even really started to discover this work, I was always looking for different patterns. I think our brains are connecting, Definitely. you know, oh, yeah. dots wherever they oh, can yeah. oh, anyway, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, right? Oh, yeah. So, you know, I would read like license plates, yeah. And stuff like that, and see yeah. if you know I could connect some dots just as a game, you know, as a yeah. as a a thought experiment. So you know, I've I've started to. I, ass- call, it, I call it exercise. <laughs> exercise, okay. So you know, what do you think about this? Um, the brain as a pattern recognizer is so crucial, and some people love patterns. I uh, love finding patterns, and you're one of them, and I'm one of them. I like finding patterns. It's fun, and that number thing you were doing is fun to do because it does sharpen your ability to do it in other ways. 
the number one has been a, a conundrum for me for a long time. Uh, I had the number 23, which is not an uncommon happy number for people uh, for quite a while. It was my football jersey. My had 32 was my to my home uh, address and a lot of other places that 23 and 32 were uh, and 5 were around for me. They made a movie about it. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, and the, 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 I think there's something to it, but there are so many numbers around, like on license plates. There are so many numbers uh, uh, in the media and uh, in newspapers that you can find numbers. And, you know, a, a, a stopped clock is right twi- two times a day. <laughs> there, there are you're going to run it. I just I had a little nap today and I had there. I got up. It was uh, it was four forty four. And I, I, I laugh at those. Those are funny when they happen. Um, but when you describe six, six, six as a prodrome to some weird thing happening, I pay attention to that. Those are the ones I look for, where somebody who is a good observer pays attention to the correlation between the appearance of the number and something else. That's a, that's becomes a correlation that is a signal for you, that you got to start paying attention because something is about to happen. And that's really cool that you do that. Right, right. So, okay, so I mean, this leads me back. I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but I do want to move forward a little bit. But, you know, this this leads me back to this idea that we're in a video game. This is, you know, like you, you talk about money. Let's talk about money. You know, you talk about timely money in your book. And I yeah. love this, you know, and you call them, you call them money packs, right? So it's kind of like an airdrop, like where you, you know, maybe you're short on rent that month by $246 and whatever the number is. And somehow mysteriously, you know, somehow it, it almost never fails. It's really strange, independent of belief. It doesn't matter what you think about this. This will happen no matter what. So, you know, I'm just, what is going on here? It, it does feel like, you know, maybe there's an airdrop happening and here's your, maybe your higher self. And it's like, here you go. Here's exactly what you need to get by this month. Don't worry about it. You know, just, just keep going. Uh, I wish it were that one-to-one correlation. In my experience, it isn't. Uh, it, do- it does happen. And again, why it happens is influenced by need, life changes, and high emotion. Because when you need money, like to the way you're describing it, uh, that's more likely to show up. Um, a psychology graduate student named Mary Kay Landon in 1990, and this is in, in my book, Connecting with Coincidence, did a study <laughs> – cleverly called the study of unexpected money summarized as sum study of study of unexpected money it was clever i'm not sure how she thought about that but that's the right title for it so she tried to figure out how it happened um money that comes into your hands surprisingly and suddenly without you're doing without your earning it soliciting it specifically seeking it out or otherwise expecting it. It's a little different place from needing it. So she wanted to see what it took for people to be correlating that with um, actually getting the money. And you can read about the details in, in the book. But um, if, you, if you stay receptive and don't push 
and really need it, you're, you're more likely to get it. And we've heard this lots of times that if, if, you, if you expect, if you're relaxed about it and you expect to get it, those are the two things that help you get there. Positive belief is very much part of making it happen. And they come through with prayers and, 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 and other ways when you start thinking about it. Um, we know too much that imagining something helps to make it happen. But that's not enough anymore. This was a study where people did things. But in, in life out here in the wild, you usually have to do something. You can't just imagine like a $1,000 bill on the ceiling of your, your bedroom and look at it and right. it's going to come to you. It's not going to happen that way. You're going to have to do something. But then you're talking about those times and they're in my book too where suddenly it just happens. It's there. But some of the, some of the stories, if you look at them, um, have to do with uh, praying to God for the money. And what happens is the person gets an intuitive feeling of going to a file cabinet and pulling out an unopened envelope. Mm-hmm. And there the money is. Hmm. Well, it, it was, a, it was a money that the person had received but didn't open. So that person knew somehow that the money was there. It didn't just happen. She, she just had to, like, recognize what she already knew. And I love these stories like this because they like to say it's some outside agency that brought them the money. But no, Hmm. you did it yourself. You could find it. And I look for those situations that I can explain by the person doing it because the trouble with the phrase, there are no coincidences, they either say it's random or it's God. But a lot of times, you and I have something to do with making it happen. In fact, we're an important part of the players often. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there, there is no roadmap to any of this. So, you know, we're kind of learning and, and adapting as we go along. But, you know, it's, it's interesting. And you talk about this in the book. And, the, the, you know, we've had many of the people that were in the movie The Secret and that discussed, you know, the law of attraction on this show. And... You know, this is something interesting that I like to think about at times. It's it's as if, let's say that you're generating a certain type of frequency. And, you know, you even talk about it in this book as well. Um, like attracts like. It seems, you know, that's the way it goes here. You know, it's it's not that opposites attract. It's it's that like attracts like. So, you know, if you're if you're resonating at a certain frequency, you tend to attract that same frequency. Is that is that along the lines of your experience as well? It's along the lines of my theorizing. Yes. Okay. Uh, the the actually the actuality of that gets us down to what do we mean by resonating, and what is it that's resonating, and where is it? What is resonating with? And those are the those are questions. And Rupert Sheldrake has a has his way of talking about morphic resonance, which is a subset. Yeah, great. And he's a, he, he's a he was on mine, and as I had the pleasure of, of talking with him in person uh, in British Columbia uh, this summer, and uh, he's 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 a he's a wonderful guy to talk with. He, he what he knows about morphic resonance is very very interesting because he doesn't know what morphic fields are. Mm-hmm. He compares them to. Uh, magnetism and electromagnetism but magnetism before we knew what a magnetic field was and he says 
that's what morphic fields are right now. He knows they're there, but he doesn't know what the, the structure of them is. I'm getting to think about different levels of vibration. And I'm looking at the, the strangeness of our reality when science only knows about 5% of what the universe is made out of. That the other 95% is made of dark energy and dark matter. And I don't, I, and I don't hear people saying that it's just, it seems that I hear people implying that it's always out there, this dark matter and dark energy. But no, it's right here, right here between us right now. Dark energy and dark matter are in all parts of the universe. And they're called dark because we don't know what right. they're made out of. And so for us to, to be guessing about what's going on around here is would be based on not knowing what 5% 95% of the universe is made out of but still i go to the quantum ideas um, to start with not to end with that the the universe is made up of not emptiness out there. The space is not empty, but there's a lot of little boing, 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 boing stuff going on there with a lot of little particles bouncing around in kind of a, a, a wild dance. There, space is not empty. These things are these things are moving around. And if we go from uh, the quantum, little quantum particles, and start thinking about how they come together. We begin to maybe go from a very, very ethereal to something as solid as us, as as the as the microphone I'm holding, as the typewriter and the, the keyboard in front of me. These are solid things. So how do we go from those very spacey things, face part things, to where we are now? I'm just taking a simple version of of the idea, saying. It's vibrating at various different levels of density. And those different levels of, of vibration have some of them signature vibrations in them. So that you, Xavier, and I have signature vibrations that are like fingerprints for us. Mm -hmm. And those fingerprints can be resonating, those vibrations can be resonating well, not only with each other, but also with things. And somehow we can resonate at, a, at the right vibration. I'm back to what you were saying earlier, to be able to have things resonate with us and then move toward us. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay, so resonate with certain things. Okay, so let me just play on that. And then if you could please expound on that a little bit. So let's say, you know, let's say that there's someone who is, you know, comfortable you know, as far as monetarily, we'll use that example. And but they're dreaming. You know, they they're dreaming about having millions of dollars. They don't need millions of dollars. You know, they're already surviving. They're doing well. You know, but but they're they've got these big dreams. They've got these big aspirations. You know, about being rich. So perhaps that is not in the line of their you know vibration or their frequency. Does that make sense? Is that definitely, 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 definitely? Because uh, the frequency, I think, is partly determined by what your role in life is. Mm. Okay, so it makes me wonder about a lot of different things uh, about how 
you know, things just play out in your life and direct you in certain ways. Uh, yeah, you know, Dr. Yeah. Bernard, like, have you ever, I'm, I'm sure you've experienced this, but have you ever had this happen where it seems like the directions that you're going, you just hit a wall. It's like no matter what you do, you're just, you hit wall after wall after wall after wall. And because life is almost forcing you to be at a certain place at a certain time and 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 you end up there. And then it's only after that situation you realize when you look back, you know, Steve Jobs talked about this a little bit in the realm of business, but I think it has to do with life as well, it, that we only understand things when we look back at them. When we look at back at the event events and the way that they unfolded, then we understand them. But when we're in them, we're in the the subjective state of them, it's very difficult to understand like, okay, what's going on? But doesn't that put into question free will? I mean, I want to be able to have the choice to you know, make these decisions. But if, if life is giving me these different walls and putting me here, then where's the free will at? <laughs> I, I like the phrase, uh, um, we, we have free will, we have no other choice. <laughs> I love I, that. And that, and that is, that, that's Isaac Bashiva Singer. And that, the trouble with the question is it's a yes or no question. Is there free will or not? And it's the wrong question. It's the degree of free will we have, and it's measured by just how many options do we have at any particular moment. Some, some people in this world have such limited options mm. that they, they are genetically and environmentally or environmentally constrained by anything for, any, for them to exercise their thought, their beliefs, their desires. They just got to do what's right in front of them. And some of that is almost by choice. People put themselves there, but there's so much poverty and and uh, and oppression that a lot of people have trouble making those decisions. But even in those circumstances, there is some free will. Hmm. But the the question and that it's the degree to which you can make a decision. Looking back, there's two things that you mentioned that I think need to be separated: hitting a wall. Sometimes those are great things to happen. I was a I was a faculty member at the University of Washington and wanted to get promoted, and they got rid of me. They wouldn't promote me, and it turned out to be great for me to get out of there. Uh, and I went on to be chairman at the University of Missouri Columbia Psychiatry Department for like uh, seventeen years. And it wouldn't have happened if I stayed at the University of Washington. Sure. Uh, so the, hitting those walls are really useful. But then the free will question, uh, I, I'm not sure how you bring in free will to the wall. I mean, if, if life is putting these walls up so that you go a certain way, it's directing your will. You know, it's directing your realm of choice. Like you said, degrees of free will. So it's it's like, okay, you have the choice to keep going a certain direction. And I, I find also that, you know, sometimes lessons will be repeated until they are learned oh yeah oh yeah you know so so it's oh, like yeah. it will spy it's a spiral it's it's not really you know a circle it's more of like you go up until it's these higher degrees of learning and perhaps perhaps assimilating that learning increases your degrees of free will i think you're right there i really think you're right right there that's good 
Okay, so so I want to I want to cover this. Uh, we're we're close to the end. Can't believe it flew by. But okay, so you talk about you talk you you define different. Uh, you give these four uh, coincidences. You you talk about the analysis of different coincidences, and I just I just want to read them off. Okay, so the first. The first being emotional charge. Coincidences usually provoke surprise, wonder, curiosity, or interest. Emotional charge creates a feeling of significance and meaningfulness. Number two, parallel content. Two or more elements of the coincidence signify the same or similar ideas or things. They have a meaning in common. Number three, explanation. Coincidences usually trigger the question, what does this mean? The, this question can indicate a search for how the coincidence happened, its cause, or its explanation. And the last one, number four, is use. The question, what does this mean, also indicates an attempt to understand the implications for the person's future, its personal significance. The coincidence implies something about a decision, whether to make it or not, a course of action, or a new possibility. Those are the four meanings in a meaningful coincidence that you just were talking about. Um, and they, I was, it took me a while to be able to get the clarity that you just were able to read. It's fun to hear them again. Um, but I don't, uh, those are the four meanings. And uh, I, I'm not, uh, what, what are you asking me about, about them? I'm well, just glad you read them. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I'm trying to get a picture of this, you know, if, if we can understand the realms of, of synchronicity, then perhaps we can start to establish the roadmap, you know? And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's but, what I'm trying to do. But but also, you know, Sigmund Freud was sometimes a cigar is just a cigar, right? Right. Sometimes a coincidence is just something to not pay attention to, like me waking up with 444 on the, on the clock. Some of them are just like funny. Um, they're just like, what? Sometimes when that happens, I think, I say, hey, you're playing with me again, right? <laughs> it's like there are other elements around me that I sense that may be influencing what's going on with me. And that's what some of these coincidences like uh, that don't seem to have any particular personal meaning. But the meaning they do have is that 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 I've been used to seeing the number 444 before. So it's kind of personally meaningful because I see a pattern being repeated. And that's that's different from the explanation problem or the even use problem. So I'm looking – go ahead. I, I, what I'm trying to say is that I think I'm trying to do what you're talking about is how do we establish – making coincidences more likely when we want to. Ah, okay, okay. I love that. I love that. And that was leading me up to I'm I'm get I was getting there, but okay, so so negative coincidences. And oh, these yeah. are these are a thing, right? Oh, we talk yeah. about this in the book. Why would that be necessary? Why would we be why would an a coincidence be engineered to be negative? Uh, it's, there's a lot of different forms of negative coincidences. Um, the, the, one of them you just talked about, which is hitting the wall when you're going forward and um, nothing 
there's nothing there, but it turns out to be a very helpful part of your life. It call, it's called negative, but then when you look back, as I did with uh, not getting tenure at the University of Washington, then you look back and say, boy, I'm sure glad that happened. So that negative can be negative at first, mm. but turn out to be positive later. Some coincidences can be positive at first, like meeting the person of your dreams and turn out to be awful later. Mm-hmm. So it's positive first and then negative later. Mm. Some of them are just awful. And one of the ones that is just awful uh, has to do with the assassination of John Lennon. Um, Mark David Chapman was, um, was the, is the person who, who uh, murdered John Lennon. And, uh, and he followed a series of coincidences that led him to actually pull the trigger. Um, on December 8th in 1980, Chapman was standing outside the apartment building in which John was living, the Dakota in New York City in Manhattan. Uh, he had traced a series of thoughts that he had interpreted as coincidences. This was the building where the movie Rosemary's Baby was filmed. Uh, Rosemary's Baby uh, was directed by Roman Polanski, who was the husband of Sharon Tate, another actress, who was eight months pregnant with, her un- with their unborn son when she was killed by Charles Manson's gang. The gang's favorite song was Helter Skelter, which was written by Lennon and McCartney. As he thought about these things, the actress Mia Farrow, who played the character of Rosemary in the movie, walked by. This meant to Chapman that today was the day to kill John Lennon. Oh, wow. Huh. You know, sometimes I, I wonder, Dr. Bernard, like, are we insane? I mean, are we crazy to think about this stuff? Like, I, I really think about, I mean, I mean, how do you even determine that? You know, so, because sometimes perhaps you, you signify, you know, you give something meaning that has no meaning whatsoever. You know, it's just a, just a banana, just a cigar. It's just that. And yet you use it to propel your life in a certain direction that can be very negative. Um, the first part of that is we make up stories or patterns, see patterns that aren't there. That's the first part of it. The negative part can be next. Um, there's a word for that now called apophenia. That is seeing patterns that aren't there. I made up another word called cryptophenia which means not seeing patterns that are there. And those are the two types of mistakes, I'll say, in pattern recognition that people can make. What you want to do is find out the ones that are really there, not making up ones or not missing ones. But then there's the question of making a decision. And sometimes sometimes it looks like a good choice to make. It doesn't seem like it's something... It's something you're making up. It looks like a coincidence that you should follow because it's so clear. And this is not making it up. This is like a coincidence that, well, I maybe should follow it. And that can lead you into a lot of trouble, uh, following ones that you haven't thought clearly about enough to be able to do. Uh, I, I knew somebody who had lots of coincidences with uh, a woman and each one of them seemed like uh, delicious, but following them meant he got closer and closer to her, uh, 
And the closer he got to her, the more pain he felt. Mm. And a, a final a final coincidence was uh, was just running into her in a place where he kind of hoped that he would. And she just ignored him. She just ignored him. And he he almost got the message that time. It took him some time later to be able to figure it out. Coincidences that he wanted to have happen, but it didn't work. Mm-hmm. So, so, Dr. Bernard, what if coincidences and these events are just like a, a sort of broadcast or like a signal? You know, they're like if, if you were to say, I mean, I don't know if you've ever studied like just signal to noise ratio. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so what if what if coincidences are a, a signal that breaks apart the sort of noise, and you 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 just that's all it is. You know, it's just a signal, and yet, and humans, because we have this tendency to connect dots, you know, we connect whether it's positive, we connect whether it's negative, based on the events that surround those those coincidences, those signals. It's very, very important in answering that question to recognize that the human tendency to look for causes in correlations, in correlations, has a strong survival value. This is the way we figure out how things happen. Two things happen around the same time. Are they connected? The simple start is a baby cries and the mother comes. The baby begins to notice there's a coincidence between crying and the mother coming. Mm. Then he begins to notice there's a, there is a cause involved, that if he cries, she comes. And we do that in life all the time. Sometimes we make bad guesses about there being something there that's a cause, but it's the way rea- this is the way we study reality in this matrix is studying coincidences and seeing if we can find by good scientific methods if there is a cause that we can then apply into the future. Hmm. Okay. So you, you mentioned this earlier, I was saving this uh, a little bit towards the end, but how do we generate luck? How do we generate you know, the positive coincidences. Is there a meditation that we can do? Is there a, a mantra, a chant? I mean, how does it work? Uh, and I have, I have one more thing I want to bring up okay. with you sure. after, this, after this part. Um, all I can do is talk about the circumstances that increase coincidentiality. I haven't been able to develop yet a way to actually make them happen. And, but when I say them, there are all kinds of coincidences that that range from personally created, where I did it, but I don't know it. And I have several stories that I can tell you about that. But but people do coincidences, then blame it on somebody else or on, on something else outside of them. And then there is the the telepathy, clairvoyance, precognition ones, and those are very real. And we don't know how they work, but we know that they happen. And we have good data to show that they happen. And here, it's only a matter of belief. If you can't believe they happen, then they don't happen. But simulpathity and so many other experiences suggest that telepathy is a real thing. And I like to think of, of uh, our technology as a, 
our modern technology, current technology, as like a reflection of our latent human capacities. Mm. That telepathy is like texting somebody, uh, as well as the telephone. Um, and that clairvoyance is like having a webcam. Uh, these are things that we are in, using, but we also have the capacity to use. But the fun ones are, for me, are not even those. They're the ones that are beyond uh, telepathy and clairvoyance and precognition and maybe even psychokinesis. There are, there's a mystery out there that I want to be able to help settle. The way you do it, the way you can increase them, that's all I can say, is that what I mentioned about need and uh, and life stress and high emotion, but psychedelic drugs, oh. you mentioned, you betcha, meditation, um, uh, drumming, um, things that lower what some people call the filter between the brain and the greater consciousness. And that filter gets lessened in its strength and our minds can go wandering out in the psychosphere, in our mental atmosphere. Stuff can happen. And just what it is that's happening out there when we do it is part of the fun of figuring out how this matrix we're in operates. Amazing. I, I love it so much, so much, so much. You know, um, we were going to get back to men the mental atmosphere, and I think that's really important. And I'm so glad that you mentioned psychedelics and psychedelic drugs. I was kind of wondering whether to ask you about that or not. But, um, you know, since you brought it up... Um, it, it, makes, it, it makes sense. It makes sense that that would connect with this because, you know, what if what if there is a, there is a larger reality that's that we are just accessing and and as you said, these these compounds simply lower the veil. They simply yes. allow yes. us to see and connect past the veil. So yes. so it would make sense that perhaps it's adjusting your frequency or your resonance to a point where. It would increase the amount of coincidences after you take a psychedelic drug, for example. You, you betcha. You just start seeing more stuff. Uh, I, I was uh, one, one of my best educations was uh, on Hate Street uh, in the late '60s, early '70s, and uh, during that time, uh, I was getting blown out by coincidences. I just had the I, there were so many of them that uh, I, I, I had to just stop. And so that flood of coincidences helped also my looking at this. One of the ways of thinking about what psychedelics do, uh, you can go to something called the default mode network of the brain. And the default mode network is what, is what goes on when there's nothing else going on. But mm. it, it just keeps going. It's the default mode. It just keeps going. Blah, 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 blah. With psilocybin, um, that default mode network doesn't increase. It gets decreased. And I think of the inactivity, and I think of the default mode network as a possible analog of what I call the mind-brain membrane. There's a membrane between our brains and our minds and the psychosphere. This membrane gets loosened, as you're talking about, gets opened up under certain conditions that correlate with the default mode network being slowed down and opens us up to the psychosphere in which there's a lot of stuff happening uh, and, and we can get contact with it and do telepathy and clairvoyance and all kinds of other things as we get to know how that psychosphere operates. 
Hmm. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. It just fits the puzzle. It, the puzzles, puzzle pieces fit here. You know, I think, I think even meditation would would open doors to this. Chanting oh, yeah. would open oh, yeah. doors to this. Yeah. So yeah. it 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 really connects. And I mean, that's why I'm so grateful that we you know found each other. Really, Doctor Bernard, because I I don't think there's anyone else that is. You know, picking up where Carl Jung left off. That's what you're doing here. And, you know, I think I think you're building the legacy until at least we discover more. And, and I think I think really we're at a point where now we are we are sort of asking the the questions that need to be asked. And science is getting to a point where they're defining they're starting to define the terms and we're coming up with the connection between science and these these other sort of realms of thought and energy and then when you look at the current you know sort of space of of things the global environment of things it seems like we are on the precipice of disaster global disaster it it feels like we are on the verge of something huge. I mean, the Vedas called it the Kali Yuga. Perhaps it's that, but it, it does feel like there's something in the air. Oh yeah, and and remember, need, uh, life, stress, and high emotion. We got all of those right now, as you just described. So the veil is being torn open of quotidian reality, and new stuff is going is coming in. And what I am doing is. You summarize so nicely. I'm writing another book that is called The Fundamentals of, of Meaningful Coincidences, and it's meant to be a textbook for a, a future class at hmm. Earth University on coincidences. And it, it, it's doing what you were saying. I am categorizing coincidences, the different kinds, the different uses, the different explanations as a prelude to hopefully more people coming together to study them. Now, I'm not the only one writing about coincidence. There are more and more books about coincidences, about synchronicity and serendipity. There's even something called the Serendipity Society uh, that had its first meeting in London. Uh, I went uh, last uh, this past September, where it's becoming an academic thing, serendipity is. So there, there is a growing movement to study, and just the way you were talking about it, I was delighted to hear the way you were saying it, Xavier, that we need to study scientifically, and science begins with categorizing the phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dr. Bernard, we're going to wrap up here soon, but, you know, um, it, can you imagine if we were in school and we learned about this in school, oh, yeah. if, oh, if yeah. we just were taught this? So yeah. I think I think that you're writing, you know, something educational that could be you know, delivered into the hands of someone that could help them understand you know, all of this. And I don't I don't want to, you know, go down conspiracy lane too much here but you know it does seem that in the system that we're in this earth life system it it does it seems like there isn't a oppression of information of knowledge oh yeah and we have to be looking ourselves and i think that's that's one of the main reasons that i created this show and brought bringing on you know guests such as yourself is because i want to give people the roadmap i want to create that roadmap that we've all been looking for and if you look at the shows you know we've we've been doing that so you know dr bernard if we could and there's a lot of people are going to hear this episode so you know if we could 
kind of tie it into a bow and wrap it together somehow, that would be amazing. Just to wrap it up, is there anything that maybe we could tell someone that is listening that maybe needs a coincidence, maybe that needs is looking for that meaning? Maybe they're, they're going through a hard phase in their life right now. When you're going through a hard phase in your life, pay attention to the possibility that there will be help and assistance out there. It appears that many of us, I don't say everyone because I can't tell you this, can open ourselves up to being helped. I hear so many people saying that when they look, they find. You've got to be able to be open. The dog that trots about finds a bone. Keep moving, keep looking, keep imagining because what you are needing can show up and you have to be ready to look at it and seize it. Sometimes it'll be really quick and it's gone. You have to be ready. But when you're in need in a major life transition and you have a lot of emotion driving you, look around. You might find some love right there for yourself. I love it. Dr. Bernard, thank you so, so much for pursuing this work. And, you know, really, you're, you're so credentialed. I love this book. I can't recommend it more to, to anyone listening to the show right now. And if you're a fan of the show, you're going to really, truly love this book. Dr. Bernard, where can people find your work? Where can people get to your website? Uh, all of that, please. The book is called Connecting with Coincidence. And it's course that's on amazon um there's an audio book uh, that you can also get through amazon um i have a psychology today blog so if you're interested if you're interested in following me in any way uh just put connecting with coincidence in your web browser and you'll find my psychology today blog you'll find my website you'll find my book and you'll find my radio show perfect guys wow what a show i mean i love these episodes so much and we're we are spoiled we're truly spoiled with such such amazing guests and such such good shows the book is called connecting with coincidence dr bernard Beitman. we will we will make that link available for you guys on the website make sure you're on the mailing list of the website thehumanxp.com and if you want to find all of our links, if you want to join the community, uh, you can go to allmylinks.com slash thehumanxp. If, if you want to leave us a review on iTunes, please go do that. It's, it's really, uh, you, you do me a service. I mean, we're here every week. Provide these shows for free. Take some time. Go write a review for us. Um, also, spread the word. You know, let your friends know about the show so that we can grow and more people find out about us. Otherwise, thank you so very much for your presence tonight. I really, really appreciate you guys that are loyal and stay true. I know there's a lot of you out there that are hardcore, diehard HFP fans. And without you, this is not possible. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Good night. Good night.